Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. Today, I'm going to jump right into Personal Boundaries Part 2. Last week, we explored the possibility of creating new boundaries around our time and attention. And this week, we're exploring what it would look like to set boundaries when it comes to our energy and self-worth. Because remember, before we can set healthy boundaries with others, we first have to relate to ourselves in ways that exhibit our own self-respect. And practicing boundaries with ourselves, with our time, attention, energy, and self-worth can help us do that. It can help us learn to trust ourselves as we set and reinforce boundaries that are important to us with others. So diving right into part two of personal boundaries, the third category to reflect on is your energy. Now, last week, we talked about boundaries on your time and attention, and this one is somewhat similar, but what I'm getting at here is what you feel in your body as a result of what you give your time and attention to. So after an encounter with others, do you feel refreshed, filled up, and relaxed in your body, or do you feel drained, depleted? Let me ask it this way. With whom could you easily spend all day, and why is that? How do you feel when you're with that person energetically? Calm, steady, peaceful, happy, excited, delighted? Maybe it's the fun energy of a friend, the deep connecting energy of your spouse, the calm, caring energy of a grandparent or mentor, or maybe it's the childlike, playful energy of your children. Whoever it is that you're thinking of, that person's energy begets more life and energy in you, not less. Even if you haven't thought about that relationship like this before, I'm sure that you intuitively have a sense of what I'm talking about when you're in that person's presence. Now, think about someone who's hard energetically to be around. How do you feel with that person? Tired, exhausted, drained, spent, stressed, down? Maybe it's a negative coworker or a complaining critical family member. Maybe it's an impossible to please parent or in-law. Whoever it is, I'm sure you can notice a greater taxation on your energy, even as you think about them right now in your mind. Now, shift your attention back to the person who brings you life and energy and notice the difference in how you feel. So there are a few things to consider as you plan to set boundaries around your energy. Number one, we can't always and only be around people who give us life. (laughs) This is unrealistic. But what we can do is monitor our energy levels and make sure that we are intentionally creating space for life-giving relationships to offset the energy drain of other relationships. And I know how that sounds, and for some people this is a non-issue, but for others the struggle is real. With that said, point number two is that when it comes to setting boundaries around our energy, we can do it in one of three ways. Option A, we can limit our time with people and places that tend to drain our energy. And this is a fine short-term decision until you trust yourself more to take ownership of your energy. Option B, we can build in space and give grace to ourselves after encounters, responsibilities, or obligations that are unavoidable. This is a better option because it acknowledges real life but still gives you the boundary time and space you need to recover from energy-draining encounters. Or option C, we can learn to differentiate and not to take on more emotional burden than is ours to carry. So we can learn to be with others who seem to take up a lot of energy, but we can do so in a way that allows us to only take responsibility for what is ours in the room. And this is the most resilient option, as well as the best long-term option. 
because it allows us to be loving and show up in our integrity regardless of what's going on around us. If you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you'll be familiar with mine and Evan's experience of pregnancy loss and infertility, which, as a side note, I want to acknowledge right now as it's Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And though it's been five to six years since that time, at the time, I was grieving quite heavily. The loss of life, the loss of a dream, and the shift in expectations and reality for our life, our lifestyle, and our future. And I understand that this is a lot, and it's not an experience that everyone can relate to, thank God. But at the time, I had a lower tolerance for relationships that drained my emotional energy. For those relationships that didn't get what I was going through and didn't take the time or perhaps didn't have the emotional awareness to be with me in it in a way that was helpful. And so I set different boundaries around my energy along the way as needed. With regard to option A, there were a couple of people in my life who just kept saying really insensitive things every time I'd encounter them. And because I hadn't been in relationship with these women for that long, they were easier for me to let go and set a boundary with because I just didn't have the emotional capacity to try and explain myself in that season. With regard to option B, the first Mother's Day at church after we'd been trying was a rude awakening, just having to manage others' assumptions, expectations, and encounters that I didn't anticipate. And that experience taught me both to give myself a break when triggered by something someone said, to just let myself feel it, be bothered by it, vent to Evan, maybe laugh about it at some point, and to protect my energy by doing things that give me life on days that I now know will be hard, and to give myself space and grace to do so. And with regard to option C, there are a couple relationships in my life that are well-meaning and good-intentioned, yet in their desire for my life to play out in a certain way, they unintentionally disrespect the decisions I've made for my life. But here's the deal. They are who they are, and they are where they are, and I choose to love them anyway. I know that they have a different opinion of what would be best for me based on their own experiences, and yet because I desire to be in relationship with them, I've had to learn how to calmly and compassionately express my appreciation for their concern, however misguided or inappropriate, and how to clearly communicate the choices I've made at this point. Sure, I've had to set some boundaries to protect my emotional well-being, and importantly, they've respected those boundaries. And after an experience like that, and having to set some real boundaries, prioritizing relationships that are meaningful, life-giving, and energy-restoring for me has never been more important. So, as you think about your energy levels, what relationships bring you life and energy? How can you prioritize those relationships? Now think about a relationship that tends to drain your energy. Are you in a season where you need to set some hard boundaries? Or are you in a place where setting an emotional boundary would be enough? And what's one boundary that you could create there to either preserve your energy or protect it while being in their presence by only taking responsibility for what's yours? And the fourth category to reflect on is self-worth. Whether you believe it or not, your self-worth is inherent. Your value and identity has been given and gifted to you by God. You didn't do anything to earn it, and you don't have to do anything to retain it. But this is probably one of the hardest things for us as humans to believe. I heard a pastor recently say that this is part of the curse of the fall. 
that the age-old question from the enemy of did God really say still plagues our hearts and minds today and causes us to doubt and stray from God in our identity, worth, and security in Him. In our human fallen state, we look to wealth, material possessions, marriage, family, our spouses, affirmation from others, praise from others, acceptance from others, likability, sexual desirability, rightness, goodness, skill, intellect, knowledge, respect, reputation, obedience, adherence to religion, and a number of other things as measures of our worth. Some of us spend our whole lives using these things to try and feel good about ourselves, to try and change our self-concept, to try and fix or mask our brokenness rather than heal it, to try to avoid, ignore, or get rid of our shame rather than trusting in our God-given worth and accepting that Christ's death, resurrection, and forgiveness of our sin, shame, and brokenness was and is still enough. Enough to free us up to live our lives in Christ, to live joyfully, freely, abundantly, and beyond ourselves as if we know we're worthy. So setting boundaries around our self-worth means taking a look at which ones we're prone to and making a choice or deciding to find our identity in Christ. For me, the ones that get me are goodness, knowledge, respect, and reputation. And when I feel insecure in my identity in Christ, I forget God. I forget that he is with me. And I try to do life on my own. You know, I try to be better inside, as if acquiring more knowledge or getting things right could win me more favor with God. But when I'm secure, when I know who I am in Christ, the weight I feel or subject myself to gets so much lighter. And the joy and peace I have make me so much fuller and life so much simpler. And what he's made me to do, to worship and honor and glorify him with my life, becomes so much more clear and meaningful. So let me ask you, how do you see yourself? Where do you tend to place your self-worth? In contrast, how do you want to define your self-worth? Who do you let define it? The world or God? And what's one boundary that you could create in your life in order to preserve, protect, and fully live into your identity in Christ. This could be a boundary around what messages you take in, how much you try to do, or around people who bring you down or who don't value your God-given worth. And once you've defined what you want in each of these four categories, next comes setting a boundary. I won't spend any more time there since I described how to do that in episode 119, But your action step for today is to write down your answers to the questions I've posed throughout this episode to help you set personal boundaries when it comes to your energy and your self-worth. Those questions will be in the show notes. All right, friends, instead of a prayer today, I've summarized Psalm 16 to use as a scriptural reflection, and I'd love for you to pray this with me today. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to you, Lord, you are my God, and apart from you, I have no good thing. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. It's you who makes me secure in the midst of whatever situation I find myself in. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Help me to keep the boundaries that lead to life, because I'm certain that you are good, and I know that you desire an abundant, energetic, spiritual life for me. So I will praise you, Lord, as you counsel me and instruct me day and night. 
I will keep my eyes on you and I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart will be glad, my mouth will rejoice, and my body will rest secure. For I know that you will not leave me or forsake me, just as you didn't leave or forsake your own son on the cross. That's how I know you're good. And that's how I know that I can trust you with my life. It's you who makes known to me the path of life. And it's you who fills me with joy in your presence. Let my prayer and my reflection in this moment be true. And let my boundaries bring life and glorify you. Amen. Love is not about Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile as it is